Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Well, I'm excited about being here today. Amen. Seems like y'all a little excited. <laughs> Let's give Jesus Christ another good hand clap. Hallelujah. Lord, you're worthy. We praise you. Hallelujah. Well, you made me see Amen. Again, like I said, I'm uh, excited about being here today. God is so good. Let's have another word of prayer. Father, we thank you and praise you again for your word with your spirit and his life. We thank you and praise you, Lord God, for each and every person that's here. Pray, Lord God, that you would open up the eyes of our understanding so we can understand your word in ways we haven't considered. We give you praise, glory, and honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I know y'all word, people. Uh, amen. So that means that uh, I can share more than one verse. <laughs> okay, turn your Bibles to James chapter 14. James chapter 2. Amen. Ain't no 14. James chapter 2. <laughs> yeah, I heard you. James chapter 2. Hallelujah. James chapter 2. Amen. I don't usually don't title no sermons. Amen. Uh, I don't preach sermons. Uh, I just share the word of God. Amen. Uh, but the Bible does tell us the just shall live by faith. Amen. The just shall live by faith. Uh, it does not say just the just shall live by faith message. You know, ain't, 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 ain't no such thing. Now, I know I'm not speaking right, but ain't no such thing as a faith message. It said the just shall live by faith. So the question is, uh, how often do you live? Amen. I mean, you're alive now, right? <laughs> so you're saying uh, until Jesus come, amen, or until you reach 120, amen, we're going to live 365 days a year. Is that right? 24-7. How many know what I'm talking about? So the just shall live by faith, which is a lifestyle. Faith ain't a message, it's a lifestyle. And so since faith is that important, no, no, you know, Hebrews 11 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. I like that verse there, you know. Uh, uh, now, nowhere in the Bible, don't get nervous now, but nowhere in the Bible, now we know how good love is, but nowhere in the Bible does it say without love, it's impossible to please God. We know how good mercy is, amen, but nowhere in the Bible does it say without mercy, it's impossible to please God. But the word does say without faith, it's impossible to please God. Well, if faith is that important, then I should want to know what it is. Yes, Amen. So you got James chapter 2. Yes, I did all that talking, give, give you time to find it. So uh, I know you got it by now. Amen. James chapter 2, <laughs> verse number 14 says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, now it's talking about the work. Uh, uh, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, but be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed, needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus, also faith by itself, 
If it does not have works, it's dead. But someone would say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. So faith is not an invisible thing. You know, I mean, you can see faith. I mean, if he says right here, show me your faith, then I must be able to see faith. So faith is something tangible. You know, it ain't no imaginary thing. You know, people, you know, well, I, you know, uh, folk believe, that it's just like I was talking to a guy, uh, a young guy up in uh, 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 North Carolina, and they got a, a youth facility there called uh, Marketing, which is in Marketing, North Carolina, High Rise, which supposedly houses a thousand of the most dangerous young people uh, in North Carolina. And, uh, and, and so these are young people that's been uh, sentenced to, that have committed adult crimes, and so they're sentenced to adult time. And so they stay there until they're 18 to 19, and then they ship them off down to Raleigh Durham, North Carolina, to a place called Polk Youth Institute. And so I was down there minister one day, and they asked me, you understand, to come into Polk Youth Institute, and I went in there, and, and I thought I was just going to have a regular chapel service, and uh, the ministry there called, made everybody in the place file into the gym, and I had them in the gym. And, uh, you know, if you know young people in penitentiary, maybe, I mean, I know y'all don't, but, uh, uh, you know, I mean, they're kind of restless, you know. Now, especially if they don't have to be there. And they, these folks that made them come there, you know, to hear this Kushite. I mean, don't get nervous now. I'm, I'm just, I just thought I'd help y'all a little bit. And so, uh, and so, you know, they mad. You know, you can see them murmuring among, among each other, you know what I mean? And so, and so I got to preach, and I'm preaching my faith, you know, how God can work miracles in your life. And after it was over with, you know, I'm looking at them grumbling and everything, you know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to hurry up, give it off the call, and get on out of there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, uh, and, when I, and so I carried it all, you know, in prison, you got to preach by a clock, you know what I mean? So I carried it all the way up to the time that's allowed at me, and I'm thinking they're going to shut it down and let me out. But then the uh, lady, the head administrator said, uh, Reverend Bump, will you take some questions? Now, that's one thing you don't want to do with young folk at penitentiary. But I couldn't deny, I said yes. And so my first question was a guy stood up in the top back there and he says, uh, 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 how do you know there's a God? See, religion don't work there. And so I'm trying to be, you know, scholarly and erudite. So I said, look at all that, man. You know, Psalm 24, the heaven declare the word, you know. So I didn't want to go scripture on him. You know what I'm saying? I want to give him something that he can understand. I said, well, look at all that, man, the moon, the star, and all that. And he says, well, uh, 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 all that has, I believe all that has always been there. So I said, well, man, ain't nothing always been. Everything had to have a start. And whoever started whatever was started was God. And he says, well, I believe I'm God. Well, I had to hold myself. I wanted to laugh because I'm thinking here God is locked up and can't get out of penitentiary. But, <laughs> but I held it in. I didn't, I didn't want to embarrass him. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and so that, that's how this meeting was going. And so after it's over, I'm talking to another. I'm talking about faith now. I'm talking to another guy, and uh, and they're talking about faith and everything. He said, "Man, you know." Uh, 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 I don't believe that. He said, because I was in jail, 
and, and, and man, I was reading my Bible, and I was believing, I know I was believing, that I wouldn't get all this time. And I got it. I said, well, are you still believing? No. I said, well, you never was. See, faith, faith is beyond belief. It never let go. You know what I mean? Because it's a lifestyle. So the best definition I've found for faith is in Luke chapter 5. You know, y'all say I can read more than one verse. Amen. Hallelujah. It's in Luke chapter 5. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Ghost. Luke chapter 5. Uh, and I submit to you so you'll know when you're in faith. You know what I mean? Because we, we have challenges uh, from time to time. And uh, one, of the, one, of the, one of the greatest weapons of the enemy is to convince you that the reason why you're going through what you're doing, you don't have enough faith. You see what I'm talking about? And so then we'll, you know, folks that don't know, they'll do everything trying to get it. They'll fast and all that, you know. But, but the Bible says faith comes by hearing. Uh, it, it don't come by reading. Oh, let me say it again. It don't come by reading. Now, revelation comes by reading. Now, I met a lot of guys in penitentiary, amen. That's what I do. And uh, uh, they'll tell me, Reverend Bumble, I don't go to chapel. I don't go over to church, all them hypocrites over there. But I'll read my Bible every day. And, 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 and you, you can, I said, reading your Bible produces revelation. And their Bible is pages falling out. I mean, they got revelations. So deep, the Holy Spirit ain't never heard of them. <laughs> so <laughs> you need to be in the fellowship, amen, where you can bounce the revelations off. How many know what I'm talking about? But faith comes by hearing, and literally it means faith comes by being in the presence of hearing the word spoken. Now we know that's true. That ain't no deep theological term. We know that's true because when the writer wrote this, they didn't have no Bibles. So the only way they could hear faith, they had to come to church to hear faith. Amen. So faith comes by being in the presence of hearing the word. Amen. Now, that's how it comes. Uh, but in Luke chapter 5, verse number 1, so it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Genesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and talked to Motu from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered said to him, Master. Now that would sound like an endearment term, but really he wasn't saying that. You know, he said, Master, we have talked all night and called nothing yet. Nevertheless, I will go and take one of these nets. Now, what he's saying is, <laughs> you know, what he's saying is, uh, you know, uh, uh, he's really saying, Reverend. That's really what he's saying. <laughs> you, know, you know, Reverend, we've been fishing all night. We be the fishermen. You the preacher. You understand what I'm talking about? And fish don't bite now. That's why we fished all night. And ain't none of them out there. But nevertheless, just to show you that it ain't none out there, we're going to get one of these nets. Because we can wash all these nets, and that's a tedious job. We ain't getting all these nets to bring them out here and catch nothing. But 
Nevertheless, at your word, what? I will let down the net. Well, we know the story. They let down the net. Caught so many fish, amen, that his net broke. All his partners had to come in and get some of his harvest. How many know what I'm talking about? Amen. Should have been all his. But my point is, he got his blessing because he did what? He acted on the word. Faith is acting on the word of God. See, that's when you know you're in faith. It ain't got nothing to do with belief. I say amen. It's based on what scripture are you acting on? Okay. All right. Turn to Luke, turn to Luke chapter 17. Amen. Maybe you get it this time. Hallelujah. No, I know you got it this time, but anyway, praise the Lord. I just like reading verses. Luke chapter 17. <laughs> Luke chapter 17. Now look at verse number 11. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there, were, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Now, they didn't get healed before they went. Now, it showed them they had faith because they acted on the word of God because you ain't supposed to be going up there to that priest with all them signs of leprosy on you, you understand, because you can get stoned to death. But they didn't turn around and argue with him. You know, Jesus said, uh, uh, go show yourself to the priest. They could have said, what? <laughs> you trying to get us killed? You know, heal us first. You don't see what I'm talking about. Take this thing, then we'll go. But they didn't argue at all. They did what? They acted on the word of God. And when they acted on the word of God, they got what that word said they could have. So faith is acting on the word of God. Hallelujah. All right, turn to uh, uh, Psalms 119. Amen. Acting on the word is faith. And when you act on the word, based on what you're acting on, you know, the words talk about if you believe in God for finances, you find scripture to deal with finances. And you act on that. If you believe in God for healing, you find scripture to deal with healing. And you act on that. Uh, whatever you're dealing with. I tell guys in a joint, you know what I'm saying, if you got a problem with anger, you know me, uh, ain't no sense of studying numbers. <laughs> you understand what I'm talking about? The shortcut is to find every verse in the Bible on anger and study them. Amen. Psalm 119, verse number 11 says, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Now, you know, all the time, don't get nervous now, all the time sin, you know, it's not running around stealing, cheating, and all that kind of stuff. Hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, 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 it's based where you're at, based where you're at in the body of Christ. Amen. Now, if you've uh, uh, been in Christ uh, quite a while, uh, know what the Word says, or we think we know what the Word says, and then the Word says something we don't believe that, that's sin. Right. Come on. That's, right. that's calling God a lie. So he said, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. See, see you know, thank God for the Bible. Uh, but the Bible, you know what I'm saying, was meant to get on the inside so we can use it in everyday living. Right. 
you know, thank God for studying memorization and everything. You don't tell what I'm talking about. But when you get in a spiritual battle, you can't run and get your Bible all the time. You got to have it down on the inside. Amen. So you can pull it up at a moment's notice. I say amen. If you don't, you can leave here real quick. Don't get, you can leave, live, uh, live, leave here. In uh, February of last year, I noticed a lump on my throat, on my neck. I'm a faith man. Amen. I've been saved 35, 40, 35, well, 40 years. <laughs> Amen. I've been studying the Word of God for 40 years. I've been studying faith for 40 years. I've been living by faith 40 years. I know I have because God told me not to work 40 years ago. Don't get nervous now. I said me. And I ain't had a job in 40 years. I say amen, but, I, but, I, but, I, but, I, but I'm doing good. I say, I'm, I'm doing good. So I know, I know, I know faith. Faith brought me out of the penitentiary. I, I say amen. I know, I know faith. And so, you understand, know, lump on my, my, my neck, I begin to exercise my faith. I, I command you to go down. I say amen. Scripture's all up. Yeah, I say amen. You, you got to go down. You know what I mean? And, 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 and July still hadn't went down. Don't get nervous now. I learned from my spiritual father. My spiritual father, Fred Price. Yeah. And, 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 and he said, I heard him say this once. You know what I'm saying? He said, now, you know, headaches, something like that, you can go on forever and ever and ever. But when something is life and death, it's like you got a lump somewhere. And you pray and you believe God, and that lump never goes down. It continues to get big. You don't have faith for that lump. Go to the hospital. <laughs> Amen. And so, and so, all we up to July, you know, I said, I said, well, you know, this thing ain't going down. No, it ain't nothing. So I went in there, and uh, the Holy Spirit told me to go because I, I still wasn't going. And all of a sudden, I'm leaving the prison, and the Holy Spirit said, go. Just like that. So I obeyed, acting on the word. Amen. Amen. And went in there, you understand, and uh, the, the folk in there, you understand, they checked around their thing, and they said, uh, you, we believe you got cancer. I'm a faith man. I don't receive that. <laughs> Amen. So, so they sent for a specialist. Took him hours to get there, you understand? So I'm operating in my faith. Amen. I know this ain't nothing. You know what I'm saying? I don't receive that. And then down here, that's where God talked to you. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. I heard the Holy Spirit said, it's not unto death. So I knew then, it must be. Don't get nervous, because I'm preaching real good. <laughs> and so, of course, they came in, you understand, say, yes, it's cancer. Then they had to go do a PET scan, you understand, to find out where it was coming from. Well, they found out that I had uh, a tumor on my right tonsil, and it had spread to my lymph node. So they did, did uh, 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 x-ray and all that, found out that they couldn't do surgery because it was too close to my nerves, and if they did, you understand, then I might not be able to talk and go have a stroke and all that. Now, I knew what, the, knew, knew what it was, Satan trying to shut you up. But I also know the greatest he that's in me than he that's in the world. But I'm talking about faith now, amen. And so, <clears throat> I'm a faith man, amen. And uh, now, 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 faith is acting on the word. There's also a thing called faith, foolishness, or presumption. 
Sometimes you think you're in faith and you're in foolishness. I got into some foolishness. Faith man. They said, you understand, the only way, the only, the only uh, we can try radiation and chemo. So they said they're going to give me 33 radiation treatments. Amen. Amen. And six chemo treatments. And uh, all up here. So radiation, they bring you in there and put you on a mask. And they, and they shoot you with radiation five days a week. Five days a week. All this turns black. Your, your skin cracks and everything. Your throat swells up. Now they told me that, begin, I should get a tube, feeding, tube, feeding tube. I said, no way. Now that's called foolishness. They know best. Okay, no, it's called preaching with good. You know what I'm talking about? Well, about a month into this, I can't even swallow water, literally. I done lost 40 pounds. I said 40 pounds and left and, and live it over a month. I can't eat anything, you know what I'm talking about, and, and, and man, and, and, and so they put the tube in there. But now here's what I'm saying. Thy word have I hid in the heart that I, uh, now, now don't get nervous now. I believe, I know how to, I know how to operate in faith. But man, this attack is so vicious. I don't feel like reading my Bible. And I didn't. I didn't feel like praying. And I didn't. I mean, I was, I mean, I was on a serious attack. I say, man, I didn't feel like doing nothing. But the word was in my heart. And because the word was in my heart and I had studied it for so long, I couldn't receive no negative thoughts. You know, Satan would say things like, well, you're 70. The word says three score and 10. <laughs> you, you, you know what I'm saying? Well, you're traveling all over the country. You know what I'm saying? Everybody got slowed down somehow. I mean, you know, all this kind of stuff. Amen. But see, I knew better than that. And so even though I couldn't read my Bible, I mean, it got so bad. Now, on top of that, I mean, the enemy really tried to take me out because I developed symptoms, uh, some other things that the doctor didn't know what was going on. Don't get nervous, come preach me. I would go to the uh, restroom. I didn't have no pain. Just to urinate and pass out. And it got so bad, the only way I could urinate, I would have to sit down. Now, it was God that I never did hit the bathtub or anything. I mean, all of a sudden, my family would just hear, blah, 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 blah. and when I, when I come to, they lift me up. Now, I ain't felt nothing. I ain't felt no pain. I told the doctors about They couldn't understand what, what was going on. It was a real intense spiritual battle. But I had a word. I said, whatever it is, it ain't unto death. <laughs> I got to come through this. It ain't unto death because he said so. Amen. Now, that was because the word was in me. Uh, 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 there's a great man of God, and he said this. If you wait 
until you need faith to get it, you're too late. That's from Smith Wigglesworth. You need faith before, you know, you need faith, amen, uh, before you get sick. Prayerfully, you won't get sick. Are y'all still here in the house? Amen. Uh, you need to hear about finances when you got all kind of money. You need to hear about prosperity when you're working a good job. Everything is temporary down here. Everything down here is subject to change. But the word of God never changes. So don't wait until, uh, you know, you get into something. I remember y'all saying uh, 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 years ago, my wife's, one of her family members, <laughs> uh, was in the hospital dying of cancer. And, uh, and uh, wasn't born again. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You understand what I'm talking about? Yeah, God works miracles, but those ain't promised. Miracles ain't promised. Amen. The word is promised. That's a promise. The word works. And, 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 and so I'm trying to get some faith in her, you know what I mean? So they asked me, I said, well, tell her, uh, y'all had to get the, uh, tell her to start reading the Bible, New Testament. Ain't no faith in the old. All them were spiritually dead men. All the faith in the new. Are y'all still here in the house? Amen. And, and boy, they got upset. Not, not my wife, but the family got upset. What? Y'all tell me, what, you just saying she's going to die? Yeah. If she don't get no faith, she's going to die. And she didn't read that word and she left here. I mean, that's real talk. This, this is church, ain't, ain't this church? Okay. It's where real people live at in church. Everybody else out there is faking it. I say, man, this is real, real, real here. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, and you need to get it in you. Amen. Before anything takes place. Well, you understand, I, I, I went on through it. Of course, I couldn't go to prison. See, I was attacked. See, you can't go into prison when you got, when you got stuck. Got, that's why I didn't want to take it. But I thank God, you know, I, I, I have a, boy, I have, I have a good family. I mean, kids. You know, I got five grown out of the house kids. Amen. <laughs> I said five grown out of the house kids. Amen. <laughs> And my son loves ministry as much as I do. You understand what I'm talking about? Now, he didn't always love ministry. Oh, no, he raised up in the house, you understand, know my son, uh, and, and one of my sons. And, and he, uh, uh, you know, he was good in school. I say, man, he excelled. I say, man, and got him a scholarship to college, you understand, know football scholarship. Amen. Eastern, I say, Eastern Illinois, you understand know what I'm talking about? Tony Romo was his... Uh, 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 quarterback, I say, man, you know what I'm saying? And, I mean, he did good, you know what I'm saying? But he acted a jack when he got there. <laughs> yeah, now, he didn't tell us, you know what I'm talking about, you know, but he was a man on the campus, I say, man. Well, you know what I'm saying, you know, football dreams. I, I say football dreams, you know what I'm saying? He'd call us every day before a game, you know, before a game, you know what I'm saying? we pray with him on the phone, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, like he said, he was a Christian when the game started. After the game started, he was a man. He was a man on campus. You see what I'm talking about? Well, 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 well. Uh, 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 but see, he, but the word was in him. You know, I showed him how to, he seen me living by faith. You understand know what I'm saying? I mean, we live. I mean, we. It was rough back in the days. I say, man, starting off, you know. And we, don't get nervous, come preach real good. But when I first started, I had to learn how to live by faith. And 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 now he said we got evicted every year. It wasn't every year. It's about five years in a row. But it wasn't every year. <laughs> 
We were learning. I was learning, learning, learning. <laughs> and, 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 and the Lord would the Lord wouldn't let me work. You know, no secular job, but you know, I did a little odd jobs. I was a hustler. You understand what I'm talking about? I was a hustler before I got born again. And so God don't ever take your personality, He just changes it. Amen. So I'm still hustling. I say, amen, but I ain't doing nothing illegal. And, and, and things, would be, th things would be rough, you know, I mean rough, you understand? And then the Lord would open up a door and I'd paint somebody's house or something like that and I'd get a big check. I'd say amen. amen. I, I wouldn't cash that check till I went home. And I'd show them, see there, see there? Now God did that. So they knew that, they knew that the word worked, but you know, he's going to make it on his own. So anyway, make a long story short, he blew his knee out in his fourth year. Uh, you understand? Of course, he went to some small uh, arena football and all that kind of stuff, but he got married and fell in love. Amen. And they wouldn't pay enough money. You understand what I'm talking about? So he got him a job working for FedEx, moved all the way up the line. But see, he got this big money thing. And so one day they busted him. Uh, and he had, they said he had stole over $300,000 worth of stuff. He worked out an elaborate scheme. And, uh, and the feds busted him. I say, man, you understand? You know, he over three hundred thousand dollars worth of stuff. And, and, well, he want to talk to Daddy now, really. <laughs> now he tells everybody, you understand? Cause, you know, I'm, I've been doing prison ministry and everything. Everybody know who I am, so he just know that I know somebody. And I do. His name is Jesus. So he tells me, you know, he, he says, never forget, he come to, he tells everybody, this is part of testing, he came to everybody and told everybody, uh, you know, he went to me, and, and daddy, here's the deal. You know what I'm saying, what should I do? You know what I'm saying, he, think, he said, he's thinking that I'm going to tell him something real deep, and it was deep. I said, man, you need to get in that book. He said, what? Get in the Bible. You know, he's thinking I'm going to say call this lawyer. You understand what I'm talking about? No, get in the, get in the word. Lawyer can't help you. They didn't, not only did they catch you, you didn't confess. <laughs> they didn't got you in that room and scared you to death. They didn't tell you, we're going we're gonna to take your family down. We're going to get your kids. You understand what I'm saying? He in there crying, and they got him on videotape. Man, you need a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. And the, and the, but the word was in him. And, and, and like he said, he got in that word. He believed he got in the word. He started working the word and started working the word. Changed his confession. Amen. And, and of course, you had a good lawyer and all that. And lawyer's talking crazy. You know what I'm saying? Lawyer's talking, you know, well, we can get you this deal. No, I ain't doing no time. He said, no, no, you got to do some time. Fed don't give no deals. You, you, no, I ain't doing no time. I never, never forget, kind of towards the end, you know what I'm saying, went into the attorney's office, you know what I'm saying, I'm in there with him. And the attorney said, now this is it. You know what I'm saying, you, I can get you six years fed. You know what I'm talking about, uh, and, everybody, and, and, and we'll be done with this. You probably won't have to do number three years or whatever. And my son says, I ain't doing no time. The attorney was upset. I mean, I, he, he, look, I'm gonna get, this is what he said, I'm going to give you your money back. I'm tired of hearing you say you ain't going to do no time. You going to do some time. So I stepped up in there. I said, no, don't worry about it. We'll work it out. And I told my son, sometimes you got to have faith and have it to yourself. <laughs> Everybody don't understand faith. 
And finally, you know what I'm saying, trial came, and this, don't get nervous, this was a Jewish attorney. Trial came, came up for trial first thing before we went in there, the feds dropped their charge, it was only state they had there. They were, that was shocked. And then went in there, you know what I'm saying, and uh, had to deal for two years worth, worth of house arrest. And the, the judge kept looking at it and said, I, I ain't never did this. I, I, I ain't never did this. It's over $300,000. I mean, the judge was, was scratching his head and gave him two years for pro, pro, uh, a house arrest. A year, year of house arrest, a year on, on probation. And uh, when we came out, the Jewish attorney said, boy, do you know what happened in that courtroom? We said, yeah, it was a miracle. He said, well, almost. He was a Jew. They don't believe in miracles. But ever since then, he's been on fire. I said, he's on fire. So when the enemy attacked, we didn't lose anything. He just picked up the slack for me. Start going inside prison and everything, amen. But we, 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 we stayed in the word. I said, amen, now my granddaughter, see, it's good to have I, my granddaughter. I didn't, I didn't say anything about it. But I came home and she had Jesus signs all over the house, scriptures. I didn't have to write them. They didn't, I didn't feel like doing anything. Oh, y'all still here in the house, here. But they didn't roll it all over the wall. Everywhere I go, boom, there's a scripture. I mean, you know, why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, and the word was in my heart. And so September comes around, my last chemo treatment, my last chemo treatment, and the doctor says, we can't find nothing in your body. They did a PET scan. They did a PET scan after that, and I've been cancer-free since the 1st of October. And I'll be cancer-free until Jesus comes. Now, thank God for confession. I believe in confession. But I couldn't confess. I didn't feel like speaking the word. I didn't feel like reading the Bible. I didn't feel like praying. Are y'all still here in the house? But the only reason why I know now, the only reason why I'm alive is I took time to get faith in me before the attack came. Now, I never forget, you know what I'm saying, I was going through that. Satan always hit your head. And, 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 and uh, a, a, a thing with a lot of, uh, uh, not y'all, but a lot of word of faith folk, we want to know why. Ain't no wrong with asking God why. Amen. In fact, I teach guys all the time in penitentiary. If you want to learn, uh, uh, study the Word of God and never go, never go astray, you should have five W's and an H on your mind when you're reading the Word of God. What, when, where, why, who? What is this verse talking to? Who's it talking to? Where is it? You know, you just, and then H is how do I apply this to my life? If you do that, you never go wrong. And so Satan is hitting me with that, you understand, with, with, with that and... and, and, and about why, what, what door did you open? Right. Hallelujah. And the Lord said this to me. He said, uh, what door did I open? You know, in Matthew chapter 4, when Jesus was tempted by the, door, by the devil, what door did he open? What sin did he do? I mean, this is for somebody in here, Amen. You know, when the enemy attacked you, understand, it's always, you know, Satan always wanted to bring that when you where you did something wrong. No, well, Jesus didn't do nothing. Yet the enemy attacked, the enemy tried him. How many know the enemy tried him? And kept on trying him. And kept on trying him. Why? That's the nature of the devil. 
And God has to let him. Uh-oh. Now, <clears throat> I think y'all can handle this. God has to let him. We got elders back there on the door. We don't, we, we don't want nobody to run out when I hit him with this. <laughs> because God is not in control. First John chapter 5. First John chapter 5. Hallelujah. First John chapter 5, that's a, a little John. You know, you got little John, you got big John. I could give you four or five verses. I'm going to give you this one so you can run with this and amen. First uh, John chapter 5, verse number 18. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. That means whoever is born of God does not continue to sin does not live a sinful lifestyle. All right. You know, before we got born again, we lived to sin. When you get born again, you don't live to sin. You live to serve God, but you might slip from time to time. Not y'all, but I'm just saying some folk. <laughs> but he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. That's why there's all this stuff out here in the world today, you understand? Because God's not in control, the devil is. Okay, I know y'all can handle this. You know, <clears throat> you know, God don't live down here. <clears throat> I said it again, God don't live down there. He lives in heaven. And heaven is a real place. You know, in the beginning, God said, let there be light. Uh, is, that, is that correct? Yeah. All right, where was God when he said that? He wasn't floating around up there. Wasn't nothing to float around in. Wasn't no universe. God created the universe and everything in it. How many know what I'm talking about? So he had to be somewhere when he did that. God has a place where he lives at and it's called heaven. It's a real place. Got streets of gold there. It's real. God created this planet for us. Created this planet, put man down here, amen, and gave us dominion. That means control, complete authority over this planet. And there was a renegade in the garden. We had authority over him then. We got authority over him now. But Adam didn't use his authority. And I tell everybody, it wasn't a woman's fault. I mean, wait a minute, where, where was the woman when God told Adam not to touch that tree, not to eat of that tree? She wasn't even there. So the only way she found out about it, Adam had to tell her. And then the enemy comes up, amen, and trick her into eating the fruit. And then the Bible says she turned and gave him something. He's standing there watching her. Smoke that crack. <laughs> <It's there. laughs> that slipped out. I forgot where I was at. <laughs> and uh, so he he turned. <laughs> 
he turned and ate you know, the fruit, you understand? Now, I tell folk all the time, if I had been there, it wouldn't have went down like that. When that girl grabbed that fruit, I would have slapped it out of her hand, told a girl, put that down. God said you're going to die. I don't know what it is, but it sounds like something bad. And he had to give me another one of you because I am not going out like that. That's all they had to say. That's all they had to do. And we'd be all right right now. <laughs> it's just like I hear guys all the time in penitentiary. Amen. Some of them that came to the Jesus house. Amen. Which is a facility that I have. And look up, they back in penitentiary. They and bumped. I was doing good, man. I met this girl in church. Amen. Got married to a man. I mean, you know, we was going together, whatever. I came home one day, man. The girl was smoking crack and I smoked crack with her. Now, ain't nobody told you to do that. All he had to do was put the girl out and the crack. How many know what I'm talking about? Want to blame it on the woman. <laughs> Want to blame it on the woman. It ain't the woman's fault. Satan is the one. I mean, the, uh, 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 Adam is the one that sold us out. And then Jesus came and redeemed us. He brought us back put us back in our dominion. Now, I'm almost through. Turn to Hebrews chapter 5, 4. Hebrews chapter 2, I'm sorry. Hebrews chapter 2. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 2, look at verse number 14. Hebrews 2 and 14. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. Now, 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 he still got the power of death over those that are not born again. But those of us that are born again, amen, he no longer has the power of death over us. Why? Because we already died to sin. We inherited eternal life the day we got born again. So he don't have no power over it, but he still have power over all them folk out there that, don't, that have not heard the gospel and have not acted on the gospel. God ain't got nothing to do with it. I tell folk all the time, don't get nervous now. Oh boy. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, 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 oh boy, this is, this is a hard one here. I don't believe that God plans your life out. Don't get nervous, I'm preaching real good. I believe you understand that you have a choice every day. Now, he knows if you go this way, what's down that road, and if you know what goes down that road, you understand, but he, ain't go, he don't just lead you unless you belong to him. Now, 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 uh, I hit all them deep-minded folk with this. Now, now, you know, folks say, well, you know, you know, guy uh, steals some steaks. You know, a lot of dope people use steal steaks. <laughs> they, they still steal steak and tide and all that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? And then they get busted, go to penitentiary, well, the Lord did that. You understand what I'm talking about? He did that, you understand, to get you into prison, you understand, so he get you saved, blah, blah, blah. Well, I would say that if that's God's MO, that's how he worked, 
then you got to say he does that across the board. So what about the guy that takes out a contract on a family, the, the mother, the father, and the five kids, three kids, and puts them down and goes behind their head and blow their heads off all five of them? Now, if God, you understand, put the guy in the prison for the tide and the stake, you mean to tell me he put the guy, caused that guy to kill them folks so they can go to, so he can go? Well, see, then we got something wrong with our theology. If God plans everybody's life, then he didn't plan theirs. Quiet in this great Baptist church. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, no, I slipped, that slipped. I, I, know, I know better. <laughs> don't, don't get mad. Put your rocks down. But anyway, uh, <laughs> no, that was their choice. I was in a prison and, and a minister along this lines. amen, big, you know, had a bunch of folk in there. And after I got through ministry, you know what I'm saying, talking about Jesus, how he worked miracles and everything, you know what I mean? I looked out there, and here's a guy standing there like this. I'm up on the stage, he's standing looking at me like that. Well, I got to see what you're looking at me like that for. You might be somebody from back in the day. Amen. And, you know, in prison, you really got to watch and pray. So I go down there, man. I say, hey, brother, praise the Lord. Yeah. I, yeah, I used to be in all that. And he said, uh, yeah, I used to go to church all the time. My whole family did. He said, but somebody broke into my sister's house, raped and killed my sister. I went to church, asked the pastor. And the pastor said, well, God had a reason. And he said, uh, I couldn't understand how God would allow my sister to get killed like that. And they doing all kind of dirt next door. He said, that's why I'm here. He said, I found out the guy who did that and I took his life. Now, religion ain't going to save him. I was able to share with him, let him know God didn't do that. I said, now, if she, if she was born again and all that, we don't know what all happened. I said, but she's in heaven. And if she could come back, she wouldn't. I tell folk all the time, you might be a nice looking guy, but if your lady sees Jesus, you are through. <laughs> ain't no sense praying for them to come back. They ain't coming back. They ain't coming back. <laughs> and I was able to let him share with him. And as a result of that, I was able to pray with him, and he rededicated his life to Christ. But that's what got me on to that. I used to think about, you know, folks said that, and then I looked at my own life. If God, I said, now, if God orchestrated a life, how could he have allowed me to do what I did? Arrested 23 times, served time four times in three different penitentiaries, robbed everybody every kind of way. Every kind of way. I didn't have no weapon. I hit you with a brick. I'm just keeping it real. I want that money. Give me that money. <laughs> you know, I, I, amen. Burgerized. I mean, I, man, I did everything. I tell, I did everything except two things. I didn't do no sex crime. Amen. Cause wasn't no money in it. And I didn't kill nobody because they wouldn't die. 
But I was trying to kill them because they were sure trying to kill me. Amen. <laughs> and I wasn't looking for I had never been in church in my life. Nobody in my family ever was saved. I didn't have a saved friend. Nobody. God was not in charge of my life. I was in charge of my life. I didn't believe in no God. I said if they are, by the time I got to the federal penitentiary the third time, my third time down, I did two for, uh, three for the state, one for the feds. When I got to the federal penitentiary, I was 23 years old. I was the youngest guy in Terre Haute Federal Penitentiary. I started doing prison in 1965. I was 17. First time going to prison. Amen. But I was crazy. I always had a crew. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Amen. Yeah, I always had a crew, a posse, whatever. Amen. Gang. Amen. No words whatsoever. Amen. We take old penitentiary. So I was raised up in penitentiary. I, I learned everything I learned in penitentiary. Everything. Learned how to shoot dope in penitentiary. First time I ever put a needle in my arm was in, was in uh, Putnamville, my second time down. I was a militant by then. Yeah, I joined the Nation of Islam. This is Black History Month, right? Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> amen. Some things are, are, are lawful in Black History Month, you know. But, uh, but, uh, but, but, uh, uh, but, but I was, a, don't get nervous now, but I was a Black History major. Yeah, I started going to prison in 1965. You know, Black History Month uh, 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 started in 1969 at Kent State. They, they wanted one. It didn't officially become no uh, 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 yearly thing, you understand, know until 1970. I know that because 1970 I was in federal penitentiary in Hope. Amen. And, uh, and there was a big paper in Louisville called the Louisville Defender, which was the largest black publication. And they had sent out uh, uh, a thing. They uh, wanted articles and all that, you understand, know for the first black history uh, magazine. I wrote a poem. Everybody knew I was a revolutionary. I wrote a poem called We Are Revolutionaries. And it made the front page. You sure couldn't tell me I wasn't no revolutionary then. So I knew all about black history. I said, amen. I mean, everything about black history. I mean, I, I, you know, I fell in love with, with Malcolm X, amen, read everything about him, Lerone Bennett, Kenneth Clark, I mean, all of them. I was black. <laughs> I said, amen. amen. <laughs> and, 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 but uh, like I tell guys all the time, I, boy, I was deep into it, but I wasn't free. No, because I'm shooting dope every day. I'm shooting heroin, cocaine, and morphine 13 years in my veins. Every opportunity. And when I couldn't get that, anything else I could get. And so that, that was my lifestyle. You know what I'm talking about? You know, I, so I didn't believe in no God or anything. You know, by the time I got to the federal penitentiary, my third time down, I didn't believe in no God. Even though I was in the nation of Islam. I said, man, if God, Allah is God, amen, then he would know I'm not as bad as everybody say I am. <laughs> I've been got to break somehow. Ain't never gave me no break. Ain't never gave me parole or anything like that. And so, you know what I'm saying? I said, if they're God, I'll deal with him when I die. Thank God I didn't die. But I said, I know what my problem is. My problem is I'm a dauphin, uneducated, black, and hang out with the wrong folk. So I said, while I'm here in the Terre Haute Federal Penitentiary, I'm going to give me some education. So I can go out there and get me a good job like they always tell you to do. 
and, 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 and then I'm going to find me one of them nice square girls. You know, I was in that life, amen. You understand what I'm talking about. And, and, and get me a good job, and I'm not coming back to penitentiary. I ain't shooting no more dope. Man, I didn't shoot no more dope. I did two years there. I didn't shoot no dope for them two years. Now, I smoked all the weed I could get. <laughs> I met acid up there, amen. And, and, and I got out, you understand what I'm talking about, and put my plan in action. Amen. I said, put my plan in action. Amen. Yeah, I said, amen. Now, the first thing, I'm out. Now, don't get nervous. I'm out. So I had to find me a nice square girl. Where you go to find a nice square girl? No. I went to a real nice nightclub. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and there she was. And I got to talking to her. Not only did she look nice, but she had a three-bedroom apartment way out. I'm looking for that. And she had three checks coming in. I said, ain't no sense of wasting no time. Amen. Now, I moved in with her the same night. Amen. Now, I'm, I got my, I'm working my plan. I'm trying to stay out of penitentiary. That's what they said to do. And for the first time in my life, I got me a real job. I worked that job nine months. I didn't shoot no dope except on the weekends. Um, <laughs> now, I was taking whole pages of Love Save Blotter Acid during the week just so I could stay on the job. Nine months. Blotter Acid, nine months. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know what that is, okay. Nine months. Nine months. And, I'm, and, and I'm, I'm trying to make it. I'm working. I'm doing everything everybody say. You understand what I'm talking about? I stay out of pension. I'm working. I ain't stay. I'm, I'm away from all them folk I know. You understand? I think I did. Amen. Don't get nervous now. This was the beginning of projects. Yeah. And I'm living in the projects. Amen. And, and one, door, one day I got a knock on the door. Here's a guy been living out there for a while, seen me trying to go straight. But today he's sick. He ain't got no hair on. He ain't got no car. He needs some transportation. I'm in there, I'm shooting dope on the weekends, I'm writing my revolutionary book, just waiting to be discovered. <laughs> and he knocks on the door and want me to go take him to get some dope. I tell him, no, man, that stuff's killing black folk. But I'm getting high, but I don't want him to know what I'm doing, you know. Uh, he keep on begging, so I say, okay, I'm gonna take you to go, I'm gonna take you this time, but don't knock on my door again. On the way over to the dope man's house, he comes up with this brilliant idea. He named several friends of his, which I knew. He said they're going to put their money together, get a big piece of dope, and they're going to give me some. The only thing I heard, they're going to give me some. Amen. <laughs> so we go to the dope man's house. I'm parked in the alley. Got the car running. Y'all said, make sure the police don't creep on us. Amen. Next thing I know, they come running out of dope. Man. Come on, man. Move it, move it, move it. I'm flying down the alley. I'm looking for the police. There ain't no police there in the backseat laughing. They went there and stuck up the dope man in my car. Now I'm upset. I want half or whatever you got. <laughs> so they said they didn't get no money. They had a whole bunch of heroin and a whole bunch of cocaine. Now I know I'm a dope fan. I mean, I love heroin so well back then I couldn't sell it. <laughs> I get a contact where they say you can cut it three ways and it's still fire, but I got to try it first. And once I try it, ain't nobody getting none of this. This is all mine. 
So I know if I keep all this, I'll, you know, I'm going to get strung out, and I ain't got no sense when I get strung. So I go down on the corner to sell some of that dope, and they tell me, Bumpers, get off the corner, man, they got a contract on you. And I knew who the people were. Well, I ain't ready for this. So I go back home, take my mattress from upstairs, bring it downstairs where I can watch the front door and the back door with my 20-gauge sawed-off shotgun, and I'm going to kill anybody who knocks on the door. Three weeks later, I had to break out of the apartment myself. <laughs> I shot all the dope. So then we hit the street like gang busters, just and me and the guy and a couple girls, girls out there hustling. Hey, man, we hustling. We sticking up and everything. Uh, about a year or so later, they catch me and, and the guy and the girls backing out of a man's driveway with all his merchandise in our car. I didn't mean to burglarize the man's house. No, I didn't mean to do it. We had sold him some merchandise the night before. Uh, he didn't have all the money. So we came out the next morning to get the rest of the money. He wasn't home. All that stuff still in the front room. So we politely loaded up the car. We got the trunk is up like it's here with brand new TV still in the box. I'm sitting in the back seat holding the door shut to keep merchandise from falling out. All we got to do is cross town to our other guy. We got a lot of money, except the police sitting on the hill with binoculars watching us go in the house. Amen. Load the car up. Soon we put it in reverse. They swoop in there and bust us in the man's driveway. Now I tell them I didn't go in that house. We found that stuff in the yard. Get us down to jail. You understand what I'm talking about? My partner. Uh, 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 snitches and tell everything. Next day, they hit the front page. Major burglaring busted. Couple confesses to 33 burglars and larcenies. Well, I go on the run. I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana, and I was on the run in Indianapolis, Indiana for four years. Now I'm trying to get out of town. But every time I get some money to leave town, I got to go by a dope man's house. When I leave the dope man's house, I got to get some more money. And on the fourth year, we over to my ex-wife's sister's house, because I married the girl, amen, because the wife can't tell on the husband, you know. And so we're over, <laughs> so we're over to ex-wife's house, you understand, I'm high, you know, and I was a gambler and all that. You know, I always carried three or four colored dices. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, amen. And, and so I put my, the wrong dice down. I took everybody's money, and I'm high, and I'm thinking everybody in there, in there is high as I am, and they, and they ain't. But I'm high now, I got all this money, I get to joining on folk. Y'all know what joining is. I get to talking about folk. And I get to talking about my ex-wife's sister real bad, real bad. So everybody laughing, but she ain't laughing. She tell, us, tell me to stop talking about her like that. I talk about her, so I get to talking about how ugly her kids is. I mean, I was out of it. I got to talk about how bad her cooking was. I heard somebody here just now said I'd kill him too. But anyway, anyway, so I was saying that. So <laughs> next thing I know, my cousin hands her a 25 automatic and tells her to blow my brains out. Now, she pointing at me. I'm sitting there, she pointing at me. I see her hand trembling. You call me that again, I'll blow your brains out. Well, you know what pimps call women. And I said that, and she said, pow! Now, she was a bad shot, but she shot me in my knee. Now I'm possessed, I got to kill the girl. You do not shoot a player and live. Word going to get out, girls and shout bumpers, you know what I mean? Now, now I can't go to the hospital because I'm on the run. You know what I'm talking about? So, and I can't call the police on her because I'm on the run. So the only thing I can do is nurse my leg back together, and I'm plotting. I wind up, you know what I'm saying, a couple months later over a friend's house, everybody getting high, and I look through, everybody getting high, look through the crowd, and there that girl is. 
And this thought hit me, look at there. Now she's enjoying herself, she shot you. I said, that's it. In the morning, I'm sticking up this bank, I'm gonna leave town, I'm gonna get established, and I'm gonna ease back in and kill the girl. But if the police catch me, we're gonna have court in the street because I'm not going back to penitentiary. <laughs> but you can't stick up a bank without transportation. So the girl who shot me, I stole her car. Parked the car blocked down the street from my mama's house. I thought I'd be safe for the night. I go in there, I ain't in there long. About four o'clock in the morning, I hear, all right, Bubba's coming out of there, we got a place around there. I look up here, there's all the police in there. They kicked the door in, they got me all handcuffed and everything. The two girls said, that's him, that's him, that's Billy Bumps. You've been looking for him for four years. I tell them, no sir, my name is William Lewis. You got, I got perfect ID saying my name is William Lewis. Police don't know what's going on until my mama comes stumbling out of bedroom still drunk, trying to help me out. Officers, you might well lock them all up. You're looking for all of them. Police arrest everybody in the house except mama. I'm down to jail now Friday night. I'm mad at everybody. I'm mad at mama. I'm mad at my ex-wife. I'm mad at the girl that shot me. I'm going to kill something. And I'm laying up in there Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning. Now I done got back, I'm in jail now, I'm going to go back to penitentiary. So I done, I'm a Muslim again. <laughs> I done repented, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I'm a Muslim again, hardcore. And you know, God has a sense of humor, you know. Now, don't get nervous, now Muslim back then was black Muslim. You couldn't be white and be a Muslim back then. Amen. Now I'm black. And I look up and here's a white preacher outside the bars talking about Jesus. My concept of Jesus back then was a white guy, amen. God don't have no son. It's a white man's religion. Use that to enslave the minds of black folk when they came over in 16, you know, and all that. But this man said, I didn't know that faith comes by and hearing by the word of God. And all of a sudden that man, I heard him said, come on down here, let me pray for you. And everything be all right. Just come on down here, let me pray for you, and everything will be all right. In here, I wanted everything to be all right. But this is a white guy. I ain't gonna be the first one down. Word gets his joint, bumpers and lost his heart. So a few black guys, a few white guys went down, a few black guys went down. So I said out loud so nobody would misunderstand. Well, I guess I'll go down here since a few of these brothers going down. I didn't care nothing about them brothers, but that was my excuse. It's called pride. I went down to the man and said, well, you young men kneel. No, I'm not kneeling. I'm here to watch those brothers. Go and do what you got to do. And I heard him say, Lord Jesus, help these men find you. I ain't looking for Jesus. And then he said this, and help them with their case. What? <laughs> I laid down in my bed. I said in my mind, Jesus. If you're real, when I go to court in the morning, don't let them find out my real name. I went to court the next morning, guess what? They found out my real name. I'm on my way over to the jail, but something happens to you when somebody prays for you who knows how to pray, and I'm on my way up to the jail, you understand? I hear myself praying again. Okay, Jesus, if you're real, put me in a good cell block. Every time I go to jail, they put me in a bad cell block. They always put me in a cell block where the guys want to take over the jail. Police coming, they whoop everybody. <laughs> well, you know when they put me at worst cell block in the jail, fourth floor, maximum security. I ain't in there long, and here comes this big guy, had a soft voice, 
stands in my doorway without me inviting him, and he had a high-pitched voice. And before I can say anything, he says, can I ask you a personal question? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm thinking the same thing y'all thinking, amen. <laughs> so I jump up, man, what's wrong with you? You don't be asking no man no personal question. And he backs out, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Well, I really cussed him out because now his voice is funny. And I'm thinking everybody offering to Christianity is weak people anyway, talking about turning the other cheek. I ain't turning no cheek. So I got to find out now where they got me, where they got me at. Do they have me in a cell block full of all these folks? And I go down there, I see a strange sight. Here's a guy that had more money than I did, more girls than I did. I know he can kill several folk. And they got Bibles all over his cell. When I walked past the cell, he said, Praise the Lord, Brother Bumpers. I said, Man, lost his mind in here reading all them Bibles. Next thing I know, you understand, they got a little Bible study going on, and it's a white guy in the Bible study. That's unusual. I'm watching. I hear him one day, they get some packages in the mail. I hear him down there, Hallelujah. hallelujah. I said, That's it. Butch is smuggling dope in here in them Bibles. <laughs> and if anybody's going to get high, I'm going to get high. I went down to the Bible study. Now, I know my stuff. I'm a mover. I know my stuff. And I'm in there arguing with him about this Bible. Amen. Talking about it's a white man's lie. Amen. And they said this. Man, I don't know. You might, that, I don't know nothing about it. The only thing I know, Butch is, said, is that I had a murder case in Fort Wayne. Empty two pistols in a guy in the pool hall. Killed him. Went out to California, you know what I'm saying? Picked up a bunch of cases out there. Wound up in the L.A. County Jail. The Spanish brothers out there got me born again. God began to beat, so, beat my cases so much so that I called the FBI, told them I had a murder case in Fort Wayne. They flew me out there, found me not guilty by reason of self-defense. I said, show me the transcript. I'll read the transcript. I said, man, this wasn't Jesus. This was your attorney. Give me that lawyer's name. He said, the lawyer got saved. That first time I heard the word saved. And what really got me was BJ. BJ was in there for a contract murder. He he didn't pay somebody to kill somebody, supposed to make it look like a robbery. They killed the person, got the body in the van. They get busted with the body, come to, and then turn state evidence on him. I'm there when they read. This is literature action. I know now they're going to stop this Jesus stuff. They go back there and start praying. I said, pray? You better get on down that law library, man. They're trying to fry you in an electric chair. But they knew something. And it got to the point, I wanted what they had. They had peace. They facing the electric chair. I'm facing 60 years and trying to get, me, get somebody to bring me some saw blades so I can saw my way out of jail. <laughs> but they got peace. So one day I asked them, how did I get to be like y'all? And I'm thinking they're going to tell me something deep. You know, faith is acting on the word of God. And they quoted Romans 10 and 9. And they said, man, the Bible said that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Well, I couldn't pray that because no Muslim believed that God raised Jesus from the dead. And no Muslim believed that God has a son. But I knew they had, so I said, okay, break that down for me. And they broke it down like this. They said, man, what that means is if you ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart, you're serious about it and he don't come then that means he's not alive and the Bible's a lie. Said, but if you ask Jesus Christ to come in your heart and he does come, then it means Jesus is alive and the Bible is the only word of God. I said, I'm going to find out for myself. I kneeled down there in my mind. I said, Jesus, if you're real, 
come into my heart, change me, make me the man you want me to be, and I didn't feel nothing. Nothing. Woke up the next morning, you understand, the only way I could explain it, I felt like I had smoked a whole pound of dope. I just floated around in there all day. The devil said, that's all them drugs in your system. His other thoughts said, it's because of what you did last night. So that next night, we would always pray before we went to bed. I knelt down there and prayed again. This time, I confessed it with my mouth, loud enough for me to hear. And when I did it, the power of God hit me in that jail cell. Nobody had never seen me cry. Convicts get under the blanket and cry. But the power of God broke me down. I began to weep and cry. Why? Because the love of God overshadowed me. God showed me all my dirt. He showed me me uh, tearing up Bibles. He showed me cussing him out. And at the same time, he just wiped it clean. It broke my heart, and I fell in love with Jesus that night. Now, faith is acting on the word of God. Then I read in the Bible about Jesus doing miracles. And I told my lawyer, man, tell them I'll accept whatever they offer because I'm guilty, and I'm believing God for a miracle. He said, well, you need a miracle. He said, they're going to punish you to the fullest extent of the law. They're going to give you 10 years for the theft, 20 years for being a burglar, and 30 years for a habitual criminal. They're going to run it wild. And then wow. in Indiana, I would have to do 30 calendar years in order to get out. Wow. I told them, continue the case. Amen. Yes, Went down the second time. What did they say? Same thing. Continue the case. Went down the third time. My lawyer said, man, maybe there is a God. He said, they said they'll drop that 60 and give you five years. I screamed at him. Hurry up, oh, get that paper, man, before they change their mind. <laughs> but... <laughs> I remember the girl that had told on me, she was downstairs before I got saved, I was trying to have something done to her. Now that I'm saved, I love everybody in the world. So I said, no, tell them I'll take that five if they cut the girl loose. But if they don't cut the girl loose, tell them I'll still take that five, amen. <laughs> they wind up giving the girl a year, gave me four years at Indiana State Prison, Michigan City. I was the happiest inmate in penitentiary. Well, I know I'm getting out. I don't want to come out as no criminal. So I began to study the Bible, getting the word. Faith comes by here, getting the word on the inside. Uh, wrote my judge a letter based on 2 Corinthians 5 17. Faith is acting on the word of God. Told him I was a new creation in Christ Jesus. Ten months later, he called me back to court and had me on trial there and said, Mr. Bumper, we're going to give you shock probation. I want to stop your time and give you four years probation on the street because we believe you are a born-again Christian. And they let me out of the penitentiary. That was, that was 40 years ago. I ain't shot no dope, had no alcohol, amen, or ain't, ain't stole nothing, ain't lied in 40 years. Met my wife when I got outside, amen, in church, in church. I was praying about a strong Christian wife before I got, I said, Lord, I need a strong Christian wife. Because I didn't know whether I could live it or not. Y'all can give me five more minutes, right? I said, I said, Lord, I want a strong Christian wife in jail. I was called, you know, I don't know where I can do this on the street, and I ain't never did it. And my thoughts are, if I give me a strong Christian wife and I backslide, at least she'll stay with me in jail. That's how I'm thinking. And, and, and so we go into church, you know what I'm saying? I'm an ex-convict, so I'm sitting in the back. You know, we don't want everybody to know. Amen. I say amen. And I'm sitting in the back, you know what I'm saying? And I, I'm not emotional. I wasn't then, you know. So everybody, you know, shouting all over church, you know, I'm getting my little shout in. That's about all I'm going to do, you know. And uh, I seen this girl up front, you know, every once in a while I peep, you know what I'm talking about. But I don't want to look too hard. I don't want nobody to think I had lust. You know what I'm saying? So I just came out of the penitentiary, amen. And, 
<laughs> now, now this church, this church does stand, Pentecostal church, amen. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm Holy Ghost filled, got filled in, in jail. And so, you understand, uh, they had a thing on the weekend, save the, the, the women, single women and single men would go out witnessing. And they paired me up with her. And I'm getting ready to go over here and talk to this guy about Jesus, and she already on him. And that made me upset. And me and her have our first argument in the street. I said, now, I was going to talk to him, but you're too slow. And I, I support, you know, and, and I noticed she bold, and um, she's still bold. I bold, you know, but I didn't know how to crack on a saved woman. I mean, I didn't know how to talk to a saved woman. <laughs> I didn't know how to talk to no saved woman. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know what to do. So anyway, we get to talking on the phone one day, and she says, uh, Brother Bumpers, what would you do if you liked somebody? I said, well, sister, praise the Lord. <laughs> and she said, what would you do if you love somebody? I said, oh, well, that's serious. Uh... Uh, and then, and, and then uh, 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 the Lord said, she's talking about you. I said, uh, excuse me, sister, but, but are, are, you, are you talking about me? She said, yes, uh, I love you. I said, okay, let me call you right back. I hung the phone up. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I called her back. I said, girl, we got to get married as soon as possible. And that's been 40 years ago. I couldn't have asked for a better wife. So, faith is acting on the word of God. Amen. God is a miracle worker. But he can only do it when we act on his word. We find out, find out whatever situation you're dealing with in your life, find the scripture that covers that, especially in the New Testament. Stand on that. The word never fails. And I guarantee God will show up. I had one question here as, we, as, we, as we, clo we close out. If you're in here, you ain't never asked Jesus Christ to come to your heart. You can't act on the word of God if you ain't born again. And I tell guys this all the time. You being a sinner is not your fault. Amen. And the reason for that because you was born that way. We're all born as sinners because what Adam and Eve did. But once you hear the gospel, you stand a sinner is your fault. The only way you can stop being a sinner, you got to be born again. And that's what happens when you ask Jesus Christ to come to your heart. That's what happened to me. When I asked him to come into my heart, my life changed. I stopped being a convict. I stopped being a criminal. Now I travel the world for Jesus. I said I travel the world for Jesus. Amen. I've been to Africa 10 times. Only foreigner allowed to preach in prison over there in uh, Lagos, Nigeria. Well respected all over the country in every prison in the United States. Been to over 560 of them. Now God can take somebody like me and turn his life around and use him for his glory. He can do the same thing for you. So I'm going to ask you one more time. If you're in here, you ain't never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart. You want him to come into your heart today. You're serious about it. Please raise your hand. Anybody in here like that? Anyone in? I think you're right there, brother. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? All right, we thank God, thank God for that gentleman right there. My next question is, my next question, maybe you backslider, been away from God a long time. You, ain't had your, you didn't have your hands up. You're coming back to God, you're not going to turn around no more. Let me see your hands. Any backsliders in the house? Any backsliders? Okay, I'll see that hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? All right. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, we want to pray with those two gentlemen if you'll come up. Pastor.
Come on down, brother. Come on down, man. Come on down. Amen. Somebody bring the brother on down. Bring him on down. Amen. Come on down, brother. Come on down. Hallelujah. I want to pray with us. Let's give him a good haircut. Come on down. Thank you, man. Thank you. Hallelujah. Come on down. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Wonderful, 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 wonderful. Wonderful, 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 wonderful. Yes, yes. Never been born again, or perhaps you were born again. You walk away from God. It's so easy to return. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Now, you know how we do here. Hallelujah. I want you to ask the person next to you. Just take a moment. Ask the person next to you. Are you born again? Should you be up front right now? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If they're not born again, they need to be up front right now. Be up front. Thank you, Father. Amen. Yes, 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 yes. Amen. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Whoever you are. Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. As I was sitting there and near the end of, of, of this message, I just sense there's a strong new creation anointing. Hallelujah. On this man's life today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's why I'm going to have you pray. Yes. A new creation anointing. That means the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, Yes. He's a new creation. Old things have passed away. It doesn't matter how much right. drugs, how much whatever. I don't care. Whatever, 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 yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. You get in Christ, you become a brand new creation. Amen. He's going to pray here in a minute. He's going to pray here in a minute. But I want to give one more opportunity. There's, there's three more people. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Three more people. Thank you, thank you Father. You know, you sense something right here. You sense this little nervousness. There's this little nervousness down in here. He said when he was preaching, that God speaks to you right down here. And you sense that little, that little nervousness. It's the Lord trying to get you to come up here. He said, I, I've been waiting on you your whole life. He doesn't plan your whole life out, but he has a plan. Yeah. And this plan is to give you a, a future, a hope, and expect yeah. an end. The life you dreamed of. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He's waiting on you. Hallelujah. So we're gonna, he's going to pray in a minute. Wherever it is in this place, if that's you, you're saying, I know I need to be up there. I feel this that mm -hmm. little, that little feeling. I want you to come. And we're going to pray. You're going to make the best decision you've ever made. Thank you, Father. These five individuals up here. Yes, yes, yes. yes. They've taken a bold, courageous mm -hmm. step. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank amen. You, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everybody out here, if you're sitting there, you're already saved, right? Mm -hmm. 
Everybody looking up at me? You looking at me? You're already saved, right? You sure? Okay. All right. God loves you so much. Yes, thank you. That's why God sent this man all the way here. Because he loves you. He had today planned out just for you. Yeah. To give you the life beyond your wildest imagination. Glory to God. A lot of people get, get saved because they're scared of hell. Mm-hmm. Hell isn't the issue. See, you accept the wonderful gift that God yeah. has for you. Yeah. His love. Amen. That peace he talked about. He wants you to have that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Somebody sitting there, you're saying, you know what? I'm not, I don't want to play with God, so I won't come till I, I can get things right first. I have some news for you. You can't get it right. Amen. It's impossible for you to get it right. It's impossible. If you could, Jesus Christ would not have wasted his blood on Calvary's cross. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. I'm getting ready to pray. I want everybody, if if you're born again, I want you to stretch your hands this way. We're going to pray with them. We're going to pray. Amen. Just repeat after me. Just say, Lord Jesus, I repent for all sin. I ask you to come into my heart now as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus. According to your word, I am saved right now. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a good hand clap. Amen. Bless it. 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 Appreciate that. Bless it. Bless it.